The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the program again. Mike Gilland here with you on Afternoons with Mike on The Shepherd. I've really been looking forward to having this man with us to give the kind of commentary and analysis that I think he is capable of giving. Craig Huey publishes one of the largest political economic newsletters. It's called The Huey Report. It is a great honor to have Craig back with us today talking about the election that happened on Tuesday night. It was uh, an off-year election, but nonetheless, one that was very important. And we're going to break some of that down for you today. Craig Huey, welcome back. Hey, Mike, it's great to be back. And you are right. This election that most people probably didn't pay attention to because it didn't affect them or, you know, it seemed like a insignificant thing in, in light of uh, life and, and uh, how busy everybody is. But, Mike, this is an emergency warning. This is a, an emergency warning to everyone that they got to be careful about what's going to happen in 2024 because based upon this election, it's looking very bad. You know, I could not agree more. And that whole thing about a being almost like a a warning, uh, it's like a warning yeah. shot that if we don't wake up, if this country doesn't wake up and begins to exercise what has been known as the American spirit. I mean, if we can, if we can just have a little courage, a little thought, but so many men are asleep at the wheel right now. And if, if I didn't have trust in God, Craig, I don't know that I'd be able to sleep at night right now, but I'm grateful. I am sleeping. (laughs) I want to make sure that's out there, but it is not without concern. And I, I think it is critical that Americans, if they love our liberties, we better step up to the plate right now because Ohio, just as an example, Ohio, they bit off more than I bet they knew they bit off, and they're going to have a whole lot to chew in the days ahead. Yeah, so let's let's, uh, kind of take a look at this because part of it involves um, every listener and their responsibility for this upcoming election. Part of it involves the Republican uh, leadership and establishment, and part of it uh, involves the church and and, and the pastors. And and so, uh, you know, we we have a situation now where if you take a look, you know, you, you see polls, opinion polls, and people get all excited. Oh, this candidate's going to win. Oh, look how people are hating the policies of Joe Biden. Oh, take a look at how unpopular Joe Biden and the Democrats are. And yet they win. Yeah. And, then, and, and you have a situation where, you know, uh, you, you have the Republicans doing the same thing over and over again, and the pastors doing the same thing over again, and the individuals doing the same thing over again. And yet, you know, Mike, the reality is that after uh, President Trump won, and there was a, 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 a incredible sweep, he taught that that election teaches us a lesson that we can go back to. But what happened in 2018 after that election, the Republicans lost. Yeah. In 2020, not just Trump won, uh, lost. Not only did Trump lose, the Republicans lost yeah. across America. In 2022, if you remember, you turn on uh, – whether you turn on Fox or uh, Newsmax or on uh, uh, you know, social media or uh, take a look at the conservative press or what have you, 2022, it was going to be an incredible – what they called a red tsunami. Yeah, that that the Democrats were going to be wiped out because everything was 
going downhill. Inflation was out of control. And, 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 and the economy is uh, stalling into stagflation. And, and people going to the stores, are, they're, they're experiencing shrinkflation because of Bidenomics, where everything they buy is a little bit smaller in quantity. And, 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 and you know, so many other issues going on, including uh, foreign affairs and, and, and America's leadership and becoming more, more dangerous with, with communist China's aggressiveness, uh, you know, and now we're seeing this war, war, of course, in Israel. 2022, everybody thought it was going to be a Republican sweep throughout the United States, from the, from, from the local level, all the way to the state level, all the way to the national level. And it did not happen. It was incredibly disappointing. Yeah, it and was. Yeah. You yeah. look at this year. 2023, what happens, you see, Virginia completely went the opposite of what uh, the Republicans were saying was going to happen. Yeah. The Democrats won every single state seat. Democrats won most of the different key uh, local offices. And there was one reason why they, they uh, the Republicans lost. Same thing in Ohio and the same thing in Kentucky, uh, that what should have been a conservative victory, a Republican victory. Christians should have seen uh, people of faith winning. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. Because they failed to do what the Democrats did. They failed to organize and get people out to vote. They failed to, you know, finally the Republicans are talking about early voting, but they, they didn't understand how to tie it in to an aggressive get-out-the-vote campaign with trained people, with people knowing how to go to door-to-door, how to text, how to be able to make phone calls and organize. The Democrats out-marketed the Republicans in this election, and, and they use—this uh, is key, Mike. They use data and tie it to proven messaging, some of the messaging created by an artificial intelligence, some of the messaging created by humans, but messaging, seeing what responds best. And they've learned, like, one of the core issues. They have seven key issues that the Republicans lost on. One of them is abortion. And they were able, through the data, to identify anybody Republican, independent, Democrat, who uh, was for putting on the Ohio Constitution uh, uh, a, a, a law that would um, put, it, put abortion rights into the Constitution. They identified people. They frightened people. They motivated people. They got volunteers. They got donations. And they got people out to the poll. Yeah, they did they it. Won. And they did it. And really, the abortion issue was the key in Kentucky, where they won, and Virginia, where they won, not because people are for the Democrats' position of abortion, but they, based upon the fact that they scared people on the issue so that they would raise their hands and say, hey, I agree, we, 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 you know, uh, we, we've got to be careful about abortion, or we've got we to allow women to have a choice, and they know who that person is, and they make sure they get out the vote. The people who are pro-life, people who say, we want to protect life, they didn't go out to vote. Yeah. And the churches were quiet. The churches didn't have their people go out. But the radical left, the activists, they got their people out, and they won. It's really a scary thing, and it is a bellwether, I think, for us to, to pay attention to, that this whole thing— was really in Ohio. Let's take a, a look at Ohio for just a moment. Yeah. Uh, I had an opportunity to do a show with Dave Zanotti in the public mm -hmm. square, and they have an office in Ohio. In fact, it's in Ohio where they have their headquarters. No doubt about it, from their standpoint, the wording that was on the ballot about this amendment was yeah. so vaguely and open-ended in its wording it was yeah. vaguely put together. So you're not really upfront realizing that if you signed 
and, or if you voted for it in the um, in the end. Of course, they had to get their all of their uh, signatures to even get onto the ballot. And Correct. in both both places, at that point of the petition, as well as on the ballot itself, you did not see the word abortion. It was not listed as a pro-abortion. So the I, I just feel that so many Americans can be so easily duped with well-worded, from their standpoint, well-worded documents. And and here's here's the problem. Mike, Arizona, Nevada, these swing states where we'll choose the next president of the United States, these states are all going to have that same bill. They've learned, you know, California and New York, They'll put it on the ballot, and they get a lot of these uh, uh, bills uh, on the, their state constitution that says you can have a baby born alive and still kill it. Yeah, That's yeah. in their constitution. This does not do that. This was something that was moderated and made vague, like you say, in such a way that after uh, uh, 20, I think it was 26 weeks, the, they could put restrictions on abortion. So they made it sound reasonable. And, and then they scared everybody with their marketing, uh, the TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, flooded with ads, flooded with influencers, flooded with people saying, we got to uh, protect women. We mm-hmm. got to protect those who have been raped. And it became a very emotionally high-charged yeah. campaign. But again, you mentioned people signed petitions, people, people volunteered, people who all over Ohio, they got together uh, and, and outdid the Republican Party, outdid the conservatives, and outdid the Christians. They didn't know what hit them because— they didn't know how to put together a real campaign. That's the change that has to be made on every state level. And the past, Mike, the pastors have to speak out. The people in the churches have to make sure uh, that they get people to the polls. Uh, they, you know, th- those states that have uh, ballot harvesting, there needs to be church ballot harvesting going on in those churches. It's the only way we're going to turn this around. And, of course, individuals. Individuals have to volunteer to learn how to do texting because that's what the Democrats do so well. They text. They may be in Florida texting about the election mm-hmm. in Kentucky, and they may be on the phone in Tennessee and phoning about the election in Virginia. And they train them what to say. They give them the data to make the phone calls. Republicans have to do that, and, and, and individuals can volunteer to do that. Mm-hmm. And of course, everyone can pray. Everyone can pray. And I, I, I'll tell you, uh, the amount of prayers, uh, prayer, organized prayers, individual prayers, there was no guidance, no, no direction. People of God need to step forward to volunteer, to donate, and to pray. Yeah, you know, Craig, I, I know that you spend your time, you're, uh, uh, you give commentaries, you are a political an, uh, analyst, and I know for you to see this, it's got to, I'm sure you maybe entered last night's uh, uh, watching at 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. when I'm sure you entered that with a, with a good measure of uh, fear in your mind that it yeah. was going to turn out just the way it did for those yeah. very same reasons. Is that right? Absolutely. And yet most people, if they were paying attention, and let, let, I don't want to pick on Fox, but let's say if you're picking on Fox, all you're doing is hearing uh, it's going to be a sweep in Virginia. It's going to be a complete victory. And, you know, this, this radical Democrat who sounds like a moderate governor of Kentucky is going to lose uh, to, to, to this upcoming star. And Donald Trump has uh, endorsed this, uh, this uh, person who's coming, yeah. a bright uh, star who's running for governor, and he's going to beat him. Well, he, they were wiped out. They were wiped out because they didn't know how to win in an election. That's 
the problem that we have. Well, it's a big problem, and you're right. You mentioned Arizona. You mentioned these other states, and Florida has one of those bills that uh, is going to be on the ballot. It's it's not a yeah. bill. It's a uh, it, it is a initiative. Uh, a yeah. citizen's initiative that was paid for without a doubt. And I'm sure they've invested millions of dollars to get the workers mm-hmm. out there. But that's something that they did and they got it going. And yeah. it, it's going to be on our ballot. So if we are seeing this with trepidation in our hearts, uh, then we better wake up because it's coming to a state near us right here in yeah. Florida next uh, yeah, right. next year. So it yeah. is a big deal. And once this happens, now, before we take a break, I'd, I'd love this uh, thought from you. Ohio, now it's it's already passed. That thing is there. What is it's it there. going to take in the future, Craig, for that to be? Is, is there any way to get that back off the books once it's put on then? What does that take? Well, it's very difficult. So I, I, I could stand corrected on Ohio. But I'll tell you, the vast majority of states, I'm sure Ohio is one of them, and I'm pretty sure Florida is one of them, that if you have a constitutional amendment that's passed by the voters, to get rid of that uh, constitutional amendment doesn't require a majority vote like it took to get passed. It takes two-thirds vote. Yeah. Two-thirds. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Constitutional amendment. And so it's like, there's no way it, you're stuck with it. That's the way it is. Um, and so what do you do? Uh, in, in this case, the people of Ohio do have an opportunity to put some restrictions after the 26 weeks, but if they want to do anything else, you know, like, uh, 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 you know, uh, when a baby feels pain or, or, uh, you know, some other type of restriction, they're not going to be able to. Yeah, and this is what kept up so many people at nighttime uh, just concerned about it was this wide open wording and they've basically given an incredible amount, an untold amount of power to some vague doctor that is going to be treating that woman who is going to ultimately have the final say, if you will, on this matter as to whether or not that baby should stay in the womb or not. And and instead of it being a law that is protected, where that unborn child is protected, that child, the, the rights are, are in some ways worse right now than they were under Roe v. Wade. And that is an almost incredible thought, that that's yeah. exactly what they're after. Exactly. That's what they're after, and that's what they're accomplishing. And But they look at it even from a bigger picture. So whether you're in Ohio, whether you're going to be in Arizona when they put it on the ballot in Arizona or Nevada or Wisconsin or any of the other states, if you're in Florida, what what, what it is, it's a way to increase the Democratic vote. It's a way to activate the Democrats. They may be a minority. Without that on the ballot, without that as an issue, you know, uh, the the Republicans would have won. That ballot initiative in Ohio would have been defeated. But what they were able to do is activate their base. They, uh, let's just take the petition. Did the pro-life people put out a petition to protect the unborn? And then did they take that and then organize the people who signed that petition to be able to donate, to volunteer, to sign up for texting, to sign up to have copies with their neighbors, to sign up, to be able to be on the phones, to sign up to go door to door. Did they make sure that everybody who signed that pro-life petition then went out to vote? I guarantee you, no one did that. Yeah. But Planned Parenthood did that. The yeah. radical uh, uh, abortionists, they did that, and they were way able to win the election where a minority can beat the majority simply by out-marketing Wow. Craig Huey is my guest. We'll be back with Craig in a moment. Up against a break, we'll be back on the other side of it. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, 
Call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again with political commentator Craig Huey. Craig is a, is a guy who not only does he follow all of the stuff that's happening that we all are very interested in and whether or not and to whatever degree we know it impacts us really is not the case in these kinds of issues because they are going to bring an impact on every person in each state. And right now, you know, with uh, this one thing that we've been talking about, Craig, with the Ohio vote going the way it did, uh, you know, a lot of people with the 2020 uh, election obviously were saying that it was a uh, stolen election and that a lot of uh, illegal ballot harvesting had taken place, stuffing ballot boxes, uh, wrong mail-in things, all of that uh, as the cause for that going the way it did. But I have a feeling that even if that happened, to whatever degree it happened in Ohio, that wasn't the only problem. The The real problem was they had successfully got the word out, just like you said. They They did the hard work. They did the marketing campaign. They got out there and they got the job done when a lot of us, a, a lot of uh, conservatives who wouldn't want it to be done were just sitting back doing nothing. And and if that happens, what I'm hearing you say, that is like the, the first of what is going to be many sad stories going on around this great country. Exactly right. So again, let's just take the issue of one of the tools that the radical left and the Democrats use, but the Republicans and conservatives and the Christians do not. And that's what's called, and this, this sound, uh, some people may smile at this, the influencers. Yeah. The influencers are people who Biden has a whole team of people uh, that he invites to the White House in order to build relationship with people who have a following. They may have a following of 100,000 people or half a million people or a million or 20 million people. And and they will open access to Joe Biden and any Democrat that, that these influencers would like to interview or just at least meet. They, they could be an influencer on cars. They could be an influencer on makeup. They could be an influencer. They don't have to be an influencer on politics. And these influencers, when they start sending out the messaging, they have motivate and, and activate their database. Mm -hmm. Then these people become volunteers. These people become, uh, uh, like I, I had mentioned in the previous segment about, they, they learn how to do Twitter. They learn uh, uh, how to do tweets uh, to, that, that are based upon what they're told to say. They're able to do it uh, with text messaging. They're able to do it with phoning. And they build up an army, an army of influencers who produce an even bigger army of activists, usually Gen Z, young people. And they're, they're the most active people. If you look at the Ohio victory for abortion, it was the college town. Because the college towns, mm -hmm. they had the greatest number of people who were going door to door, making the phones, doing the texting, and organizing, and making sure that if somebody said, yeah, I'm against these Republicans who are trying to restrict a woman's right to vote. And, and then they, that person is hound dog. That person is tracked to make sure they've either given them the ballot, if it's ballot harvesting, or that they will actually um, take them to the poll or do babysitting for them so they can go to the both poll or keep calling them and texting them and knocking on their door until they go to the poll. And so they get this huge turnout of a minority because they don't give up. 
But what do the conservatives do after the election? Oh, it must be voter fraud. Mm-hmm. Oh, it must be, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, our society just going downhill. But what did the pro-life people do? What did the conservatives, cons- uh, Christians do? Uh, what did people do with motiv- motivating the people in the church? That secret weapon, Mike, or, or, uh, where, where you got everybody who's listening, if they go to church, they've got 30% of those people, maybe 40% in some churches, who aren't registered to vote. And then out of those who are registered to vote in, in the upcoming election, Probably about 30 to 40 percent of the registered people are not going to vote unless the pastors and the elders and people within the church are doing something to make sure they vote according to a biblical worldview. And and, and if we could do that, we will outnumber them. We will outmarket them. We We will win these elections, and we will turn America around. That's the hope. And then you back that up with prayer. You back that up uh, uh, with, with, with fellowship. You've got something dynamic going on. That's what America needs right now. Now, you mentioned a couple of great points earlier when you talked about Virginia and how that uh, Governor Youngkin was trying to flip both sides. Now, going into this election, the House of Commons there, which would be kind of the equivalent of Florida's state reps, uh, the House of Commons were in a majority, a thin one, but they had a majority that would be on the side of the Republicans, while the state Senate in Virginia was held, again, a slim margin, but by the Democrats. And Governor Youngkin, who is a Republican, he I, I think he felt like he had a really great chance. I know he said it was going to be close. I have a feeling that he was surprised as to what happened, though, that not only well, did they not gain, they lost. They lost on both sides. They, 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 they did. They lost. The, 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 the Republican House of Delegates was flipped Democratic, and they kept the Senate majority. And uh, if, uh, it, it, the, the governor, he's a great guy. I love that guy. He's a man of faith. He's got great policies. He wants to establish school choice and so many other great things. He can't do it because of the House of Delegates and the, the state Senate. Yeah. So he was on uh, the right track. He even said to people, we've got to do uh, early voting because the Democrats have perfected it. But what he didn't tie together and what the Republicans did not tie together was identifying their supporters and then making sure they get to the poll. And what did the Democrats do? They used key issues. They knew who was for student loan forgiveness. They knew mm-hmm. who was yeah. uh, for abortion. They knew who was for gun control. They knew who was for these key issues. And they worked those people to make sure they had huge turnout. What did the churches do? Nothing. What did the pastors do? Nothing. What did the uh, Republicans do? Well, they tried to get people to encourage people to go out and vote early, but they didn't knock on the doors like the Democrats did. They didn't do the texting like the Democrats did. And the low efforts they had were some great volunteers who weren't trained, but the Democrats trained their people of what to do, how to say it, and be able to make sure that they uh, held the voters accountable. Yeah. Where some who who they knew was going to vote their way, they made a, um, a pledge and a commitment mm. that they were going to vote. And then they wouldn't let them alone until they did. Yeah, they were tireless without a doubt, right, Craig? I mean, they were working the clock. They were not, uh, they were well-funded. And that's yeah. the other thing that I think people don't, uh, think about is the fact that a lot of the progressive left, uh, there's people we could name names and everyone would recognize the name. They're putting millions of dollars into this training that you're talking about, into the venues for the training that we're talking about. And they're investing all of that. 
and it's being stolen away from the the conservative American majority right under our noses, and that's what's going on. Now, in the time that we have left here with you, I would love, if you would, for us to imagine for a moment, now we've got lessons learned, if we could put everything that happened Tuesday night in the category of like, wow, we we really took it on the chin on that one. Now it, it starts over, and in Florida, it is really, truly starting right now. What yep. must we do? What should people everywhere do to get ready for the onslaught in our state to prevent an Ohio from happening? People need to volunteer for a great candidate. They need to volunteer um, uh, with with the Republican Party there in Florida. They need to be able to uh, say, I'm going to be part of a texting team. I'm going to be part of phone or door to door. People go, if the candidate does it right, they tell them what to say. They get two people going door to door, and they they are able to find out who's going to vote and who's not. They offer them, uh, you know, you need a babysitter. They they find out, you know, will you make a pledge to vote? They'll give them a voter guide. So, hey, all the way down the ballot, you can vote this way. Your listeners right now, they can say, I'm not going to let our our city, our county, our state, and our nation go downhill. Mm-hmm. This is a tipping point for America. I can't imagine four more years of the chaos and the potential of a World War III. I can't imagine four more years of high inflation. And, and, and stagflation and economic chaos. I can't imagine more crime, more homelessness, more socialization in the American economy, and more censorship by the deep state and, and the federal bureaucrats being able to use the government to silence opposition like a third world nation. I cannot imagine that. And yet the person sitting there in, in, in Florida they have the ability to make a change. And, and that means, for example, find a group, an organization that's going to uh, train them and mobilize them. Uh, I, I mentioned this. The Democrat National Committee is just one of many organizations where people will sign up to do a webinar and to be assigned a position. They can sign up to do a webinar on texting. They can sign up to do a webinar on going door to door. And then they give them the data. These are the people that you need to contact. And this is what you need to be able to say. Anybody can do that. They, they may not have the physical ability to go door to door. They can do the texting. They can do the phoning. And, and then those in the church, those in the church have to say, I'm going to start a group in this church to look at key issues from a biblical world view. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the elders. I'm going to get the pastor. And I'm going to make sure that they say, this is enough. We cannot allow four more years of what's going on to happen. I'm going to tell people uh, they register to vote in a church service. I'm going to tell people in a church service they need to get their ballot in. I'm going to tell people in a church service they need to be able to vote. I'm going to ask them, how many of you are registered? How many of you have voted? I'm going to do something I've never done in a church before, but this time uh, we need to be able to be light and salt in our culture. We need to reclaim what the church did in in, in the American Revolution that stood behind the American Revolution and, and gave the support for that. We need to be like the church that before the Civil War, it was the it was the social conscience of America that slavery was evil, and the yeah, church yeah. helped spark the, the the freeing of the slaves that should never have happened. You know, and the church today, the church has to be at the forefront through prayer and speaking out with courage about what people should do in their church and do the right thing. 
Well, we've got uh, only until next year, and it's going to be something that people are going to have to jump on. I do know that there is a a petition like what you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. uh, that's happening. Uh, Mark Mink has been working for years trying to get a a uh, pro-life, a right-to-life, like a heartbeat type of uh, bill uh, on uh, or law on uh, the petition and you know, it, it's just very difficult. They they were not able to get it done in 2022, fell short of the amount of uh, signing. And and I know there was a lot of people, I included, that worked for that. And, you know, it, it is going to take, it's just got to be a wake-up call that people yeah. feel and it stirs them and it gets them out of this state of sleep that we're in because we're all going to find out if, uh, if, if what, what Ohioans are going to wake up and realize that this thing is, is the door is open for that thing to be codified now, abortion to be codified into state law. And it's going to be very difficult. Like you said, it's going to be very difficult to reverse it. Yep, absolutely. So every listener has the opportunity to do something and not sit back, and and whether they can do it where they spark the action or they start learning what to do, uh, they do it from home or they do it in a campaign headquarters or with a candidate, it, whatever it might be, you know, that is something where um, uh, everybody can take responsibility including prayer, yeah. including being involved in your church. You know, this this is a wake-up call for every listener that we can't allow four more years what we've seen happen to America happen again. For our children, for our grandchildren, yeah, they, 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 they cannot live with, uh, with, with this type of government system and uh, oppression uh, on uh, on our free rights and individual liberty yeah. like we've experienced. Boy, it's uh, something. Our national debt is clicking up faster yeah. than, uh, than one can believe, and those numbers are already astronomical. Really, you can't get your brain around it when you're talking about trillions that are doubling if we don't do something, if we don't bring this thing to an end. Craig Huey, it is always so interesting to have you on the program. Thank you for the time that you've invested not only in us, but unto this matter, into these issues, and how that you stay on top of it. Your advice is golden, my friend. Thank you for being with me. Thank you, Mike. We'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855 855- We're going to go back in the archives now for the balance of this program today. Chad Davidson has been on my show before. He does a lot of ministry work protecting young people from the woes that uh, is every day on the Internet. And we're talking about something that in this uh, segment that we're going to go back to from the archives that is really affecting a lot of young people today, and they've made some resources available. This is Chad Davidson. But we actually came out with a video also on Friday that was called Doja Cat Summons Demons, and that's because this artist, Doja Cat, who right now her song uh, Paint the Town Red is number one on Spotify for the United States. I mean, wow. this, these are... These are artists that are huge. People are listening to them, I mean, just all the time. And one of the things that I've noticed, too, even when I go out to dinner, whatever it may be, with my family, I look over and I see kids with their headphones in the whole time. Like, you know, I go to the gym, I see people with their headphones in. I see people walking around by themselves right. with their headphones. People just have this stuff locked in, and they're meditating on it the whole time. And she's only come out with three songs in her new album, and the new album is called Scarlet. And then the last song that she just came out with is called Demons. And it is an entire music video where she is 
a demon. She becomes possessed and then turns into a demon and is haunting uh, Christina Ricci, the actress uh, from uh, she was known for being in Casper, the Friendly Ghost, and the Adams Family. And she she is haunting her. She is demonically attacking her. And this is one of the biggest artists out there right now, female rappers. I mean, it is incredible how open they are about this stuff. She had a 27-year-old birthday where at her 27-year-old birthday, she had what was called an eyes wide shut, um, an eyes wide shut party where they basically made it look like an entire uh, ceremony for joining the Illuminati or something. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, it was – it is just incredibly disgusting how open they are about this, but yet you don't see age restrictions and stuff on those videos, but they put them on ours for warning about suicide. You know, what does that say about our culture, that we got to this place where you're more looked at suspiciously – if you say you're a believer in Jesus, if you're a Christian, then you might get your video blocked, but they can put this stuff out there, which is blatantly satanic at times, and they are just able to just have free reign, it seems, without any restrictions at all. It really does say that we've slid a lot down the tubes here, uh, not trying to be funny about YouTube, but I mean, let's face it, YouTube is a great purveyor. Of the of stuff that's not good, <laughs> without a doubt, and, and it's incredible the things that they choose, and it, it's so subjective, and it's so weird to me how how they just decide certain things are okay. I mean, the editor for uh, for my show, Josh, he's up literally on we record on Thursday for my Friday show every morning, and he is up putting tests in on video after video to see if it doesn't get some sort of claim or some sort of strike on it. I mean, all night, he literally, he's usually up until two or three in the morning for our show that comes out at six, trying to get all this stuff through. So it's very, it's very difficult, but it is worth it because we do the, the whole point is to get the gospel out. We want to see more and more people come to know Jesus Christ. Well, that is a great goal, man, and I appreciate you. I had uh, Joe, I was able to sit with him at the NRB this year in May and really enjoyed getting to know him and, and just the fight that you are. I, I just so love your name. It's a good fight, better than being a good witch, by the way, I'll say that. <laughs> it's a good fight, that, and it's a worthy fight that you're doing. And I, I think of, again, the scripture that says our whelp, our weapons in this warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. So one thing about the fight that we are all doing, that you're doing with uh, groups like uh, these organizations that try to squash and step down on the real efforts to get the gospel out there, one thing is, is that we have God on our side, and he's always going to win. He's always going to win the day victoriously. So I'm I'm uh, encouraged when I remember that a lot of these kids though that are being affected they don't know that they don't know the truth so that's why we need things like this uh, and there have been plenty of wonderful media things even this year uh, you, that are out there right now that are making a difference in people's lives and causing I think some new questions about the topic of faith and what it means for a person to to go there. So, man, that is exciting to know that you're doing this. Anything else new that you're working on at Good Fight? Yeah, we're actually really excited because this has been one of our one of our, I guess, the most fruitful years. Just about all the things that we've been doing. But um, Pastor Joe, uh, I'm sure you'll talk uh, to him about this when he comes on. He just finished his first children's book, um, which we're really really excited. It, I think it launches in like two weeks. Joe will give you the date when you have him on, but I'm so excited for the launch of it. It, it is, It's awesome. I have four kids. They've all read it. They're all so, so excited uh, for the book to actually come out. So we, we have that book. And I just finished the last chapter to a book uh, that I've been working on uh, regarding discipleship that I literally just finished and it's been sent to the story editor waiting to get um, getting all the notes back, but I finished writing, praise, praise the Lord. And then we are working on multiple projects, which is really awesome. Uh, we're currently 
working on a seven-part series on Marvel and DC's War on God, the third installment of yeah, our series. Yeah. should yeah. be coming out uh, fairly quickly, hopefully. And then uh, we are also working on a documentary on country music as well. Wow. Now, that one I'm interested to see. The whole Marvel thing, that's been very fascinating to learn from you guys, to see what it is that you saw. And I think a lot of people, they take this innocuous approach to Marvel. And I, I let's be honest, Marvel's put out some really interesting materials. But if you're not, if you don't have your eyes open, if you've got just your mind shut off and you watch a lot of this, there are very obvious things with as cool as they can be. There's some dangerous stuff in there, right? No, you exactly. I mean, I was honestly stunned. I had, like I, I mentioned already on this show, I have four kids and my son, my oldest son is 10 years old. So I got a 10 and eight and six. And then my other, my youngest daughter turns four here in a couple of weeks. And so I, I had, we went to the Marvel movies, we checked them all out. And I honestly had no idea what was going on until I had some checks. I didn't go and see um, the ones with Dr. Strange. Cause I knew that he was into witchcraft and so right, forth. I wasn't right. going to take my kids to see that. But I had no idea some of the other, uh, you know, really demonic agendas that they had. And to know that a lot of the authors of the comics that they were taking these movies from were openly uh, satanic followers. It's not mm. even a, a question. They brag about it. And so I was like, wow, that is really interesting. And then, you know, come to find out that even Robert Downey Jr., which people love Robert Downey Jr., but before he got that role, he called himself, and I'm not, this, this is quote, end quote, he said that basically some of the witchcraft that he performed, some of the seances and, and so forth, or what is actually known as chaos magic that he performed, that he was so intent on the performing of this that he said he was basically like a Lester Crowley's brother. And for those who don't know who Lester Crowley, yeah. he is the father, the godfather ultimately of modern day Satanism. Right. And uh, th this is a guy who, you know, oh, I don't even want to get in some of the gross things that he did, but Lester Crowley, as I said, is the godfather of modern-day Satanism. And you have people saying, I was performing occult-like rituals like him to the point where I would have been his considered his brother. Wow. And this is what they were doing to get roles. Ezra Miller from uh, The Flash same thing, was performing chaos magic, having people call him Jesus and Satan. Uh, I mean, this is this is no joke. They're doing these things as part of ritualistic things before they get into their roles. And so if that's what's going on and the spirit realm is involved, I realize I can't have my kids involved with this. Yeah, right. And I think that's wise for you. Uh, parents, we need to wake up and realize we need to assert values from God in the lives of our kids. We cannot assume that what uh, they're, regardless of what the rating is, and a lot of parents, uh, uh, sadly, let their kids watch R-rated movies that are, you know, that it may not contain sexual stuff, but boy, if, it's, if it contains these kind of messages, and minimally, a lot of them, and even that were on television, contain things that would be even direct statements, like there's no God, and uh, there's, you know, there's this whole thing about immorality being just like everywhere and it's every day and you're normal if you do that. You're abnormal if you don't. Those are the kinds of things that parents really, really need to be aware of. And I know Good Fight is doing just that, the good fight to get this word out there to parents. So thank you for that. Before you go, before we run out of time here, this being 9-11, I've thought a lot about it in the days leading up to today, and I pray that we make it through this day without any uh, further type of stuff going on. But where were you on 9-11-2001? Man, I, I will not forget it. I was in junior high school at the time, and because of that, I was up in the morning watching, <laughs> watching my cartoons before school uh, with my two older brothers, and all of a sudden... I just remember the TV switching over and seeing the towers with smoke coming out of them. And I'm like, what is going on here? I had no idea. You know, you're a young kid. You have no idea what's going on. I'm like calling my mom at work, like, mom, should we even go to school? There's like terrorist attacks going on. And I remember heading back 
uh, heading to school, and we were not allowed to go out during lunch that day. I remember we had to walk underneath um, certain bridges and areas at the school to make sure we weren't seen, and it was a very strange time. And I even, uh, I remember I was in football at the time and went to football practice, and we were all like, what are we supposed to do? But what I noticed the most, and sadly enough, I fell for it too, was that became a marquee day for atheists like Sam Harris and Victor Strange and a number of other uh, Mm. atheists that used that as a day to say, you know what, it's not just that I don't believe in God, I'm going to teach everyone that God is not real. And they used 9-11, September 11, 2001, as a marquee day for a reformation of atheism. And that's when books like God is Not Great by Christopher Hitchens, not long after that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you obviously had uh, not just Hitchens, but Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, Richard Dawkins, Daniel Dennett, Sam Harris. Atheism just started to explode, and they used 9-11 as a reason for this. And for me, now as a believer, I'm saying, you know what? I'm not going to let that happen. They're just suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, and I'm going to use this day as a time where I specifically go out and talk about, we only know that that was wicked, and not just simply chemicals in the brainwaves just moving about too much, and moist robots deciding they wanted to do something that you think is evil, but that it's actually evil, but we have the answer. And the answer is not found in killing other people. The answer is found in the one that gave himself up for us, the person of Jesus Christ, who not only died, but rose again. And so I'm going to use this date and, and to tell people and to glorify God and to still say we can point out wickedness because we know there is a law against it because there's a yes. lawgiver. Yeah, that's right. And boy, I tell you what, I always want, always want to remember, never forget, and I, I'm grateful for your uh, story and thankful that you were in California at the time. Was that where you were? Yes, I was. Yeah, and that's why the the time difference was so critical. These things were happening at 8 o'clock, but it was quite early out in California, just after 5, well, just before 5 o'clock when the first tower was uh, hit, just after 5 a.m. out there, uh, or 6 a.m., I should say, uh, when the second tower was hit. So, yeah, that was happening very early in the morning for you, and we never want to forget. We always want to remember. Thank God for the heroism of these uh, first responders. And I never want to forget that either. Chad, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today and for the battle that the Good Fight Ministries is all about. Give us your website. Yeah, you can check us out at goodfight.org. And you can also go to our YouTube channel, Good Fight Ministries. And you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. We have the Good Fight Radio Show and 511 News. That's awesome. Chad Davidson, thank you for being with me today. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. <laughs>